This morning, we're going to continue on a new series that Betty started for us on stewardship. And stewardship is really the understanding that God has placed us in charge of things, big things, important things, his things. That makes them godly. That makes them eternal. That makes them pretty pretty over-the-top high as far as priority. And last week, what I covered was time. This week, I will cover the gifts and the talents of your design. You have an amazing design. Do you know, the, if you take any person, I don't care what their IQ is, I don't know, care what their physical abilities are, I tell you, there are some powerful things that God has placed in them to change the world. About three weeks ago, there's a young lady by the name of Emily Nichols who lost her life. She was maybe 21 years old. But she lived twice as long as she was supposed to with cystic fibrosis. And you won't find a better example of Jesus. You won't find a better example of someone who played through the pain for 20 plus years who lit up every room and every building and every place she ever walked. She was a world changer. And she weighed about 90 pounds. And she was cute and she was pretty, but she was huge and bigger than life. And at her funeral, there were over 500 people. 500 people. She was never married. I'm not sure she ever had a boyfriend. She hadn't gone too many places. She hadn't done a lot in the way we think of things. But she was a world changer. With the time God gave her. She took the time God gave her. And she used it well. And she finished her race well. I said last week that time is your greatest and most powerful resource. It is the framework upon which your gifts and your talents hang. Time is the most precious thing. It is the place where we, the stage is set and we are on that stage of life with the very power of God. And last week we shared, when we are slaves set free, and that's really our understanding, that's what the scripture tells us, that we are born again in Christ, and that our identity in him is restored. That means um, the, the authority that you have in the creator God, the potential and power of eternity become activated and reconnected with God himself. And you now become someone who moves in the very power of God himself. You become a representative of his authority and his power. So now your gifts, your callings, your talents, all those things, in the time that you have, they are the canvas upon which you will work. And at the end of the day, that canvas will be all you are when you leave this planet. 
that canvas will be you. That will be all that there is left of you. He restores us in our identity with him. He restores us as sons and daughters. And then the pieces of the, of the canvas that we're living in, the time, the opportunities that are provided, the gifts and the talents, your actual design, my design, our purpose, why we're here, and the resources that we are gifted with. All of those are in play, and they're all you. They're all me. They are uniquely mine. And at the end of the day, that is what I will answer for. What will my canvas reveal of my life? Do you know there are things that won't be on any canvas? How much money you made? How many promotions you got? That you had a gorgeous wife or a super handsome husband? Or you won the lotto? All of those accomplishments will not make it on the canvas of your life. Denzel Washington once said, you will never see a hearse pull in a U-Haul. You can't take any of that with you. All that stuff is U-Haul stuff. It will not leave with you, and it will not make it onto your canvas. The, um, your gifts and your talents are what God has designed into you for this time. This time is precious. It's what we have. And I want to give you a framework for these. Uh, I got a little chart here. That's the time of your life. That's the time that you have. Let's go forward one, James. In Proverbs 139, 16, your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me. There's a set time for you and I. How long is it? How big is it? That's really not the question. Will you get to 21? Will you get to 51? Will you get to 101? That is not the question. The question is, in that time, what did your canvas reveal? And back to our chart. You see, we have gifts. We have talents. Our opportunities. That's what you have to work with. They're placed in you. In this world, you will be tempted. In this world, the world will tempt you to make those gifts, make those talents, and make those opportunities about the things that you can obtain here. That's what the world will push you to do. To live your life for right now. To make the most you can of this moment for you. That's what it will do. The world will push you over and over and over every day of your life. And the world includes you. 
Some of my greatest urgings to do something different are from in here. And then I have to remember who I am. And it's one of those moments when I know the world has captured me. When I see one of my flight students who made senior captain, working 15 days a week, drawing down 150000 a year. 15 days a month, rather. I go, I could have done that. That's where my head goes. I could have done that. I could be doing that. What would my life look like if I were doing that? That's the world checking my truth, my reality. We were given a certain amount of time, and your talents and your gifts are in play. For whatever they are, they're in play. And I want to tell you, do not discount your talents and your gifts. Maybe you don't read very well. Maybe you're dyslexic. Maybe you have a low IQ. Maybe you have learning struggles. Maybe you have motor skill issues. I I, I want you to realize, and, and you'll know this if you think about it. Have you ever known or met people that had phenomenal, phenomenal talent and skill, and yet their lives were a wreck? And have you ever known somebody that really didn't have a lot going for them? They had an excuse to park and quit, and yet somehow they excelled. I was trying to think of his last name. Uh, His his name is Nick, and it's like a Russian last name. He was born without arms and without legs. The guy is traveling the world doing motivational speeches. He plays golf. He rides surfboards. Somebody has just not told him that he's got a doctor's note. He doesn't have to do anything. He can feel sorry for himself. But instead, he goes around in the name of Jesus telling people how gifted and how talented and how capable they are for their time. I'll bet you his life is really, really hard. I saw an interview with him about the times he wanted to quit. But things like brushing his teeth were so difficult. Everything was difficult for him. But he was born for such a time. And you see, God placed in him talents and gifts that the enemy could not diminish, even with the imperfections of his body. There are people with great capability that produce little. And there are people with very little that produce a lot. Last week, we started on a story that we're going to visit again today. Um, it's a story out of Matthew chapter 25. And the story, just to sum it up, was these, a parable by Jesus where there was these three individuals and, uh, and he was going on a journey, this master, and he gave to his servants one five bags of gold, one two bags of gold, and one one bag of gold. And he 
gave it to them for their care, and he left for a long journey. Now, last week, we looked at this in a little bit of a different way and looked at, you know, if somebody gives you something to take care of, he's not paying them. They have a life to live. They have the same burdens of life before they were handed the five bags of gold. And you might think it's cool having five bags of gold, but they're not yours. They're never going to be yours. And so they spent their lives managing what he had given them. And last week we shared about the difference between important things in this world and urgent things. And urgent things always rob from important things. If you look through your life, you will, you will be challenged to find one God moment that was urgent. It's never urgent to read your Bible. It's never urgent to pray, I mean, unless you're drowning or you're Your daughter has leukemia. But in your own life, we just don't find urgency in our life with God. We just don't see it. Everything else takes position. We had somebody at our church not too long ago that um, they didn't have to work for a while, and they marveled. They said, you know, I thought... When I didn't have to work for a while, I would have more time for God, but I didn't. I was not surprised at that. It's not like it became urgent. And we still continue to manage and to work life. But time, every day, goes away dealing with the things of today and not with the things of the kingdom. And here's the gravity of that statement. There are many that live their entire life, 60, 70, 80, 90 years, being good people, raising up good families, working good jobs. But what will their canvas show? In the story, Matthew 25, this is the NIV. It starts with verse 14. We're going to take it in a little different direction this morning. Again, it will be like a man going out on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. The key word is entrusted. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags of gold, and to another one, one bag, each according to his ability. And then he went on this journey. Each according to his or her ability. Your gifts and your talents, they have a purpose. You were empowered, you equipped, you were created with great purpose. And your gifts and your talents can support the purpose of God in your life. Now, what this reveals is, according to their ability, we're not all the same. We're not the same. We're not gifted the same, we're not talented the same, we don't think the same. But what is the same is we are indeed gifted and talented for this time. You and me. 
We have skills and we have gifts for this time that go beyond making a paycheck, paying the bills, getting a car, paying, uh, feeding your family. It goes beyond that and it works towards the eternal pieces of your canvas, the things for which you were created. According to his or her own abilities, these are the giftings in you, the, the talents that you have, and the opportunities that you are given in your life. So often it's easy to use our gifts and our talents the way that benefit us, and we completely miss so many God opportunities. I want to tell you something about your gifts and your talents. Romans 29, verses 29 in the NIV, it says, For God's gifts, his call, they're irrevocable. That's a pretty powerful thing. In the message, it says it like this. God's gifts, God's call are under full warranty, never canceled, never rescinded. He equipped and empowered you to do God things. There is a canvas. There is an image, a picture of beauty. All of eternal quality. Already created for you to produce in this life. For me to produce in my life. So what are giftings? I'm going to break this down a little bit for you. These are my definitions. Giftings are those elements of capability that are born or they're innate in you as an individual. People don't always understand them. They don't always see them. They don't always use them well. Sometimes they don't use them at all. But these are gifts. They're in you. Sometimes you're very capable with generosity or hospitality. Maybe you're really patient. Maybe you have insight and you see into people's souls. Like you know when they're lying. Do you know it's actually a gift? And you know it's really not there to protect you. And so you can judge people who are just liars. But it's really there as a gift that God can use to bring life out of something bad. When you can understand the sincerity of another person. I want to give you just an example that's easy to see. This next picture, anybody know who that is? Spud Webb. Webb. His name is Anthony Jerome Webb in real life. Uh, The next picture you can see him. He's slam dunking a basketball. He actually won a slam dunk contest. Um, Brad, could you stand up, please? He's just about his size. Really. Nor can I. Yeah, he's fine. 
And he played in the NBA. And he could play in the NBA. Thank you, Brad. He's gifted. I know a lot of guys my height, Brad's height. And in this life, unless angels grab a hold of us and the Holy Spirit empowers us, we are not going to slam dunk the basketball. Now, when I get to heaven, I'm going to be all over it. Double-handed dunks, everything. I'm going I'm to take out all the lifetime of frustration of being so far below the net. But it is not my gift. He was born with that gift. I'm not saying he didn't add to it. I'm not saying he didn't cultivate it. I'm saying there was something already there. And he was the shortest guy to ever play in the NBA. I could almost walk underneath him when he is putting it in the basket. That's how high he was. I don't jump that high. True that. <laughs> the talent we can think of is a learned ability that God connects with gifting. It can be a part of passion. It's part of our time. It's part of our opportunity. And we can, we can work on a craft. We can get really good at something so that it actually looks like a gift. I'm not saying that gifts and talents don't work together. They do. But there's a lot we can accomplish and do accomplish by applying ourselves. So I've got a, a video I, I want to play, and I just want to see if you can name who this, um, who this talent is that's playing this guitar lick. Anybody got it? Very famous. Eddie Van Halen, Eruption, one of the finest guitar licks ever done. Go, go back to it. Is that all we had? It's still coming, right? That's not Eddie Van Halen. That's a 13-year-old girl named Tina. Anybody, 
I know, that's sick, isn't it? Anybody think she practiced? You know, there's no doubt she's gifted, okay? But there's some talent there at work, and the girl is sick. I mean, it's just crazy watching her. And this is Van Halen. Now, the difference is he has to make strange faces and do bizarre things to do the same thing she does with yawning, sitting (laughs) on a stool. Um, But he makes more money doing it, probably, than Tina does. There's a lot we can do with our talents. There's a lot we can do with our gifts. And when they come together, what God says is they have a purpose that was put in place before you were born. Before you were born. Your beauty, your intelligence, your height. Everything, everything was orchestrated by a God who knows life. He knows the quality of eternity and life, and he has placed it in you and I. And our, our canvas is the redemption of who we are in him because we have been restored to the place of our canvas. Your life is the time he's given you. We don't know how much that is. But it's ours to do with. The story of missed opportunity. It goes on. As we read last week, The man who had received five bags of gold went out at once, put the money to work, and gained five more bags. So also the one who had two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Now, what they really have here, they have time, and they have been given Gifts and talents, that's what the gold is. Some have been given a lot to work with. Some of us, not as much. But at the end of the day, you have what you have. And you have your life to put it in play. But what God says is, those are really mine. They're mine. You see... If you go back to Genesis, you will see that we were always designed to be stewards of God's stuff. Always. We were created to be governors of the world. To manage it, to operate it for God. Nothing has changed. It's been restored. And now, the talents and the gifts that you have are the bags of gold. And the time of your life is the time that we have to put it in play. And it's the only time we have to put it in play. The man who had received five bags of gold, um, the master said, you were entrusted with five, 
bags of gold. I see you have gained five more. And then the man with two bags, he said, I entrusted you with two. You gave me two more. And then finally, then the man who had received one bag of gold came, Master, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. You have been entrusted with the elements of creation. You and I, for a season. Just a season. To create. To create the things God would create. Do you see yourself that way? These questions I have, do you leave the heavy listing for those more capable? Do you disqualify the talents and the gifts God has placed in you? Somehow are we making excuse that my canvas won't matter. That there are plenty of canvases, but at the end of the day, I will hold up mine. And what I have done with my abilities, my talents, my skills, beyond existing and breathing and making comfort for myself in this life. Are you waiting for a different season, one that's less busy? This is the season. This is our season. And you are the great and powerful potential of God, you and I. When you walk out that door today, everything in the world will try to dull what I'm saying to you right now. You have appointments, you have food to buy, you have clothes to wash, you have cars to fix, commitments you made. And by this time tomorrow, this will be a long way away. Because that's what the world does. And what it's doing is it's robbing you of your gifts and talents. It's robbing you of all the value God has created in you and I. In this passage, we really see the definition of a wicked servant. Wasn't somebody who slept around, gambled, had their hidden crack pipe they used on weekends, stole from the boss. It was someone who didn't steal at all. And they lived their whole life setting the canvas in a hole in the ground. That's the definition of a wicked slave, servant. Last week I shared the message with you on this. 
The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. You see, what we're really returning to God, he created us and that's what we're handing back to him. This is what you sent into the world. This is what you get back. In the 20 years, the 50 years, the 100 years that I had with the gifts and talents, I used them all to make my life comfortable or to, or to get with the things that interested me. Life is going to challenge the priority of God and his purpose because life is important I mean, life is urgent. Everything in life is urgent. Your job is urgent. Your bills are urgent. Your kids are urgent. Everything is urgent. And you're going to find you can live your whole life and never find that God ever made it to urgent. And because he didn't, he never really made it into the story of our life. Never quite made it. When we think about the gifts and the talents that you have, the scripture uses language like the gift of hospitality, the gift of giving, the gift of miracles, the gift of praying for the sick. These are often thought of as spiritual gifts. But all of your gifts have the power to produce life. A good pastor would tell you this morning that the scripture says you should earnestly desire those gifts and you should pursue them. You should practice them like Tina practiced eruption. Why should you practice praying for the sick if you never see them healed? Because you can. Because it's a very eternal thing to do. And just think, if one person out of a thousand you pray for is actually healed, I mean really healed, because you prayed for them, isn't that a miracle? That'll be on your canvas. If you think about your time as critical and important, and you think about the gifts and the talents you have as really ordained by God to do great things, then you will do great things. If you change your thinking to where those things become important realities in your life, not things that you're just living through and living by, but the really powerful things that will change the course of your life, they will change the course of your life. But that will have to be a decision you make. That you're now going to declare them important. And that how you finish your life is dependent on how you look at them from this moment on. And the fact that they're eternally important will have great power against the urgent. When they were crossing the Sea of Galilee and the storm was raising and the boat was being swamped by water and all the disciples were saying, you know, they're waking up Jesus. Don't you care we're about to drown? That was really urgent for them. But he had an important response. 
Oh, you of little faith. Where is your head? I told you, we have to go to the other side. We have to preach. There are things we have to do. There are things in your timeline that are critical and God-ordained. Why are you worried about the water? What has made the water so powerful in its urgency? We can't breathe water. You see how hard it is to make the important work against the urgent? It is a divine thing to push the important up against the urgent and make it stand. It's a powerful thing to put important right up against urgent and say, this will stand. There's often, for, for fault of my own, I show up on this Sunday morning with less than a half hour sleep. If I'm in town, I would not miss this service. I would not miss seeing you. I wouldn't miss it. I wouldn't miss it. It's important. What is important to you? What is important? Every day of your life, important is in play and it's in power. And we can go the whole day and not see important playing its role. And our gifts and our talents are, are used for things that are filling holes and filling gaps. I, I know. But in this world, that will be the work that you have to do here. Is you have to decide, what will I serve? What's important and what's urgent? If we go through life and we say, I never drown. We were so good with the boat, we never even got wet. We spent the rest of our life coming up with a boat that won't sink. We have a top over it. It can be submerged for days. We have oxygen on board, food, cable. But getting to the other side. What's the point? I saw a video that killed me, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna not, I'm gonna not, I'm not gonna break here. Um, it was a Garth Brooks concert, and there was a lady there. She had a sign, big sign, and it was the last song. And he was doing the dance. He called it his favorite song. It's one of my favorite songs from Garth Brooks. And uh, she holds up this sign. On the sign it said, chemo this morning, Garth Brooks tonight, enjoying the dance. And if you know the song, it's about, 
I'm glad I took the risk. Because if I hadn't, I wouldn't have been able to dance. So in the middle of the song, the cameras see it. They put it on the big screen behind him. Everybody's cheering. Well, he doesn't know why people are cheering. So the security people get her, bring her down to the front. She's holding a sign up. She's got a hat on. She's bald-headed. When he sees her, he stops. He stops playing. And he's still singing. He walks over. He sits down on the side of the stage, takes her hands, and he begins to sing to her. And he took off his guitar, and he gave it to her. And he asked for her sign. And he held it up. And he said, so often, people are wondering, could God just put his hand down and show a sign that we could believe? And he held the sign up, and he said, tonight, God has stuck his hand down and given you a sign that he exists. And the place erupted. There's a middle-aged chick, stage three breast cancer. That's who made that night change for thousands of people. And the video went viral. Enjoying the dance. You want to dance? God is the greatest dancer. Are you willing to sacrifice this life? The things you know and understand and want. Are you willing to say, all of them, they're not bad. But I want what God is making important. And I'm willing to invest my life because I want to dance. That's the canvas. And the canvases, when you get to heaven, they're going to light up heaven. It's going to be the canvas of the lives of people who dared to dance with God. Those are the ones. They are the heroes of the faith. And some of them, they had a half a bag of gold. But their canvas will not look less pretty. And it will not have less size than somebody with ten bags of gold. Because they took their half a bag of gold and they danced. And they painted. Your talents. God is wanting them for the work he always intended them. If you would stand.